you're about to go off the grid with Tony on the Dr. Brace's Network. Stay tuned. Good, my people. It's your boy Tony coming back to you with another Off the Grid podcast. I am back after taking a little time off. Um, it's the summertime, y'all. That's what we do. But get back in your ear so you got a little something, something to listen to. Plus, we're gonna bring you some Doctor Bracer show back, possibly tonight or Wednesday, Thursday. But you should get it this weekend if we um, get this recording time set and you know and live in color for y'all. But, with this being Dr. Grid Podcast, it's me, this is what I do, I'm going to bring you nothing but the best of what I can do. So, let's start out by saying, you can catch this podcast on most podcast readers, that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Just put in the podcast uh, RSS feed there, or well, put in the podcast feed into your podcast reader, and it pick it up, and you can subscribe and get updates as it goes. So you can either get the Doctor Bracey Network as a whole, or you could just get the Off the Grid Podcast, whichever one works best for you. Now you got all that taken care of. If you want to, after you've listened to all of this, and you just want to just show your appreciation in feedback form. First thing you could do is send an email to offthegrid at drbraces.com. That's offthegrid at drbraces.com. You can leave comments on the page. You can call the voicemail line and leave feedback via voicemail at 601-884-0125. And if you want to put your money where your mouth is, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash drbraces. A dollar a month is really all you need to do to get in on that but if you want to be shouted out you can do five dollars or more and you'll join the list with teddy funk my brother trail and mj now if you want to do more then you definitely can do more but one dollar to get in three dollars to get shouted out what was it five three i'm sorry three damn i forgot how my own list was and we, we work on trying to get patreon content for those those the up echelon Patreon member, so if you decide you want to become one of those, then please do that because then they give us more reasons to get y'all exclusive content. So you can come on, home, come on home and do that there. Um, last thing you could do, um, this is free to you. Really don't require no effort. Just copy the page, post that bitch on social media. Got Snapchat? Screenshot the page. Post that bitch on your Snapchat or your Instagram or your Facebook. If you're listening to this on something like um, Overcast, Overcast allows you to take a clip of the show and post that bitch on your social media feed. So you can actually play what you're listening to, 30-second clip of what you're listening to on your feed. Either way, man, you can let people know about this show, man. Let let people know that you're listening to this or you stoned upon this or whatever it is. Maybe you're a trying to listener, but don't be selfish, man. Listen, I'm not like your favorite. I'm not like your lover. I'm not selfish. I don't want you to keep me to yourself. Spread me around like the motherfucker spread on your sandwich, okay? I, I'm here for that. I, I, I appreciate that because the more people that listen to this, the more we spread, the more we can get this word out about what we do. And all we're going to do is entertain y'all. I mean, it's free 99. So you listen to it for free, you share it for free. That's that's the best you can do right there. All right, um, we're going to get to some entertainment talk. I got, of course, you know I got a, an urban literature to read. And then got some subjects, some hot-button topics today, y'all. But um, that's what we do over here at the Entregree Podcast. Take a quick break, give you a nice little clip here, and then I shall return briefly. Thank you. 
Something's happening in my neighborhood. Something's changing in a big way. It's called rock. Cops is on us. More street business means more problems we don't need. Only deal with high-level customs. They buy the coke, they cook the rock they sell, so all we gotta do is deliver and collect. Problem is, and that's the way it is. I don't know what to do with my money. The best kind of problems. The DEA is on a rampage down in Columbia. Prices are rising. Just like that? I am the only reason that you are breathing free air right now. What happens when they try to cut into our territory? If y'all wanna do serious business, I suggest you get in line. Either we be in business. You and everybody you know will be gone. I will bring you all down. You and me, we have war. Everything all right? Fine. It's like that. The business has gotten too big. This ain't about you. This about all of us. Here we are, on top of the world. It's like that, and that's the way it is. How does it feel now? Like power. Snowfall premieres Wednesday, July 10th on FX. Alright, y'all, I'm back with this thing. Let's get into it. Let's talk some entertainment. Talk I got a couple shows. Uh number one, you just heard the trailer there, man. Snowfall comes back tonight. Um tonight being um July the 10th. So by the time you hear the show, it should already be out. So if you haven't go and check that out, you gotta do that. Um just run down some shows that I won't be talking about that are that are out. Claws is Sunday night. Um, I'm still trying to mill through some shows that I missed um, in the earlier seasons before I start this third season. So, we got Claws on Sunday night. Monday night, um, right now, the only thing I got is wrestling and, and catching up on Arrow um, and Love Hip Hop Atlanta. Oh, take that back. Uh, new show that's back is uh, the final season of Legion. Legion is pretty good. Um, I'm, caught, I'm pretty caught up on that. Um, you got, should I could talk about Legion. Yeah, I think I'm gonna talk about leaving, so I'll come back to that. I'll table that. Tuesday nights we got ambitions. I missed last night's show, so I didn't catch that. You also got pose. Um, I don't think I started the third season, or maybe I'm on the first episode of this third season. I mean, second season. Yeah. Um, Queen Sugar on Wednesday night. Snowfall coming back tonight. Um, what else do we got? Trying to think while I set up Legion. Um, two that's when uh. Shoot, Thursday nights, uh, Queen of Queen of the South. Uh, this just shows if you think it's stuff to watch, you know. And, and you know what's crazy? <laughs> it's crazy because I know some people. I know part of it is people just don't have time to, you know, like watch TV live. But it's crazy how some of these shows, like people don't pick up on them till they hit fucking Netflix. Like I saw people like, man, this All American show real good, dog. I'm like, nigga, that show was on the CW. It ran a full fucking season on CW, and you didn't find out about it until they put that bitch on fucking Netflix? Like, and the thing about it was, it's like, it wasn't really a show that I probably would have just ran upon, but when I saw these black people in the show on the CW, I was like, ooh, let me go check this shit out, you know? It, it, that, I mean, that's just enough for you, you know, that's just enough for you, that'll do it for me, that did it for me. Um, let me see, yeah. 
But that's one. You was the other one. I saw people talk going crazy about that you. Because they got to sit down at binge. I'm like, well, nigga, if you got hours on end and sit down at binge a show, you could probably just, if you got to, de- well, I'll take that back. Some people don't don't have cut the cord. So, never mind. I'm about to go on a rant there. <laughs> never mind. We won't go there. Uh, let's see. So, that Thursday is, uh, is, is Queen of the South. And then Fridays, who's going to talk about what's on Friday? So those are some shows. If you need something to watch in the summertime to kind of keep you busy, there's some things that are there. And a couple of these shows are summer shows. So, like I said, Claws is probably on like episode four or five. Fear the Walking Dead, which I'll be talking about. Um, Legion is on its third episode. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, it Pose is probably on maybe. It's probably been back for maybe like three, four weeks. So there you go. You got some stuff to catch up on. And then on all these shows, I know uh, Claus is on Hulu. But I know Pose is on CW. I mean, on Netflix. So if you didn't watch the first season of Pose, you want to get out, get in on it, go to Netflix, catch up on the first season, jump in on this new season. Fear the Walking Dead is on Hulu. Legion, you probably have the FX app to get that. It may be on Hulu. Um, but, you know, go check them out. Go check them out. All right, let's get into this this TV talk, this entertainment talk, this talk about the shows that I've been watching, and we're going to start with Legion. So Legion, uh, if you do not know, Legion is about um, Charles Alexander's son. I'm not Charles Alexander. Charles Alexander. God damn. Uh, Charles Xavier's son uh, from X-Men fame, uh, David. You know, uh, I don't know what David's last name is. Um, but he is Legion. Um, and in the first few seasons, well, let's see, the first season, he was, was just coming to terms that he had uh, uh, psychic power. And if you're not really like familiar with who David is um, as a character, uh, David Holler. David Holler. David is basically an Omega level mutant, meaning he has the power to warp reality beyond anything that anybody has ever seen. And to put this on TV is astonishing because basically it's a head trip. The whole show is a fucking head trip. You don't really understand. I know the first show, first season, David was dealing with coming to his power and understanding the fact that he was basically um, the host to a parasite uh, called Farouk. So Farouk had embedded himself inside David's consciousness, who was also a a um, a psychic parasite, and um, he is. You know, just attach himself to all that power that David had. So he outs Farouk by the end of the season. Last season, Farouk is on a hunt for his body. He puts in this. Farouk is looking for his body, his physical own, his own physical body, and he tasks David to help him. And David is really starting to come into his own now that Farouk isn't around. The chains are off. Um, you see all these, and other thing too that I think will confuse a lot of people about this is David has a lot of personality that he's created within his mind, and these 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 personalities manifest themselves differently. So all these personalities of David are out here, and um, yeah, man, it's like I said, it's a whole trip. You see, like really wild shit. Like I think the end of the second season, there was a huge ass drain plug in the middle of the desert. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. But we get this season and we pick up after last season where Farouk and um, old girl from Future, what's her name, Sarah, came from the Future, basically trying to stop David because they say he's going to destroy the world. This is a, 
an ongoing theme in Marvel, Destroyer Worlds. But uh, David's supposed to be the destroyer of the world. And the only person that can stop him is Farouk. And he, you know, even though his past mission from the season two, we thought he was there to kill Farouk. Um, they stop him. Now, here's the thing. David is high-key a, a, a villain now. I mean, not like villain in the sense of he's trying to take over the world, but at the end of the season, well, okay, before I say this, you got to understand too, everything is a head trip, so anything that you see may or may not have actually happened. Because again, these David is a, is a, uh, is a psychic, is like an Omega level psychic, and so is Farouk. Well, he's not a mega level, but he's a fruit too. I mean, he's a psychic too. So, the thing that we have is David drugged Sarah and then he had sex with her. So, basically, he raped her. You know. <laughs> and then he made off. And um, so, that's why they're trying to hunt him down because she is telling him that he did this to her and that he's a terrible person and he got to pay for his crimes. And also, other forms of his consciousness are also hunting him. So, um... Something happens, and there's a time traveler that comes into play, and David is hunting out the time traveler because he basically wants to go back in time to warn his mom about Farouk entering his consciousness. So that's what he's trying to do, and that's where we are with episode three is he finally convinced the time traveler to go back in time, and they go way back. Now, the time traveler has his, the way her time travel works is she basically like manifests a door. It leads her into a hallway, and then the hallway has these time markers in there. Um, one way is forward, one way is backwards, and then there's some, some kind of beast that's in the hall, too. That if you go back too far, you disturb the beast. Now, David couldn't get in there for the first, I mean, the second episode, but now all of a sudden he's able to, you know, transition through this, this portal, and that's how we get back there. And we see a young Charles Xavier with David's mom. And they're there around the time that Farouk is supposed to be taking over David's body. And he tries to stop it. But somehow, when Charles comes back, he notices David is in the room, even though you can't see him. And his mom can't see him. Like, she can sense him because David can do certain things. But she didn't know he was there. And Charles did. And he kicked David and the time traveler up out of that bitch. Um, by the end, and yeah, man, David's fucked up. The time traveler fucked up. I think her tooth came out of some shit to let her know that they fucked up some time. It's like, so whenever she fucks something up, something happens to her. So she lost a tooth in that jump by the end. And of course, Farouk is also the wiser of the fact that he has the time traveler at his disposal. And they're trying to figure out how can they catch David and possibly kill him. If he has a time traveler, you can go back in time and just start things back over. So that is the problem that they have. That's their their problem there. Like I said, whole thing is a head trip. You gotta watch it and pay attention to certain things to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, but it's, it's entertaining watching me. Like I said, I picked up a lot of shows that I bounced out of after like five or six episodes, and I kept trying to give it up, give it to them. Not saying they're not good. It just couldn't keep me entertained. Um, Fear of Walking Dead was Sunday. Uh, Morgan and Alicia, man. I mean, they keep trying to get these kids on board. And I'm still trying to figure out what's the big swerve with this this season. I don't know yet. I know we got the power plant workers. 
with a power plant that you know that fucking exploded and the workers um and and the walkers all got infested so you got infested walkers out here um i'm wondering how fucking far did they fly away from that plant because they were in about they were like in louisiana if they flew over the mountains and they back either they went east they went far east or they went way west but they said they went over some mountains so i don't know how fucking far they took that plane because there are no mountains between anywhere around louisiana and texas where they were and it don't seem to be there in mexico since they are in the united states so i'm guessing they're around the tennessee area like they flew to tennessee and this is where they are which put them closer basically to the um to the og cast because the og cast is in virginia um i it because i mean it's it's wooded areas you know what i'm saying and that's what they saw and they saw ran to dwight you know so i don't think they went that far um but i remember dwight in they might be in like alabama or some shit you know, like Alabama, North Alabama, Tennessee, somewhere like that. Because I do remember Dwight saying he took 20 to get where they are. Um, you know, just kind of give you like an idea of where they are. But they couldn't be too fucking far from where they were because by the end of the episode, uh, Strand and uh, what's his little chick name? Little girl named Charlie. Strand and Charlie show up. With a goddamn hot air balloon. And we know them motherfuckers can't go that far. I mean, this ain't up, nigga. So, now they trying to put this plane together. The kid, that's the other thing, too, man. They putting the plane back together, man. This this shit is crazy. Like, who the fuck had enough expertise to put a plane back together? And that's what they're trying to do. But their propellers didn't work. Which is why Strand and um, Charlie are coming. They're bringing propellers. But the fucking bitch ran out of fucking um, fuel and they ended up landing in goddamn in the middle of the um, in the contaminated area where the contaminated walkers are. And that's where they end, theirs ended. Um, Alicia's still about to go out here and hit, find these kids. I know the kids said that they were held up in a camp and the walkers came and um, they had a plan that all the kids would leave and go to a hideout in the woods. And that's where they went, and um, the parents tried to kill the walkers. The parents attempted to kill the parents did kill the walkers, but they were contaminated, so all the parents got radi- got the radiation, and they died. So that's why the kids stayed in the woods. And the way the kids set up is they got the they basically blocked the road off with chains of walkers to keep you from getting into their area. So they fenced off an area in the woods by chaining up walkers, which I thought was crazy because you could just fucking walk around the chain because they're only blocking the road, but. I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to do that. Um, let's see. We didn't see any. Um, we didn't see a couple, a couple characters this week. Daniel, we didn't see. I know we didn't. See, did we see? Um, what's your boy's name? I don't know. We didn't see. I know we didn't see that. I know we didn't see Daniel and other people. The only people we saw from another camp were um, were Strand and Charlie, and. Um, What's the girl name? Oh, girl name. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, but Gracie's out there. Her and, um, not Grace, June and, um, and Dory's still out here with Dwight trying to help him find 
these old ladies. So Dorian and, and Dwight out on this two-man mission. They're basically trying to follow these cars that his old lady had been taking for a while. And they find the car and they find it at a high, Well, they first they found this bar where the dude's dead. And so somebody killed the dude. And they're trying to figure out, you know, just doing a little investigation there. So then they find the car after Dory uses a little trick where he just basically like scribbled through a sheet of paper to find out where the impressions were. Um, old trick you learn when you using kid when you just like scribble through the last sheet of paper, the paper that was behind the last sheet of paper to see what somebody wrote. So he did that and um, now they're on the trail of where the car went. They find the car, they pull up and Dory opens up the motherfucking glove box and the letter in there tell old girl telling Dwight not to follow no more that you know, she's done. She's not leaving him any more letters, she's not leaving any more scuba snacks. No more clues to, to trace her down and he decides not to tell him. So, I don't know if this could come back. I hope he burned the fuck out of that letter or threw that bitch away. Because if he got that bitch on his person, oh, Lord, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's not going to be nice at all. Dwight going to be ready to motherfucker. Dwight going to be ready to cap everybody, dog. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kicked off, and already I kind of saw the foreshadowing setting up because um, Fitzsimmons are coming back to Earth after the chick bought them at the little casino place that they were at. And it just also, like, red lawns are going like, damn, not too long ago, Sarge were talking about the maker for the... Uh, whatever those things were coming. And I was like, dog, I just got a feeling... That the woman that they that bring them back to Earth is the same goddamn woman that Sarge is here to kill. So after much ado, we get to figure that out. That um, he take, you know, he takes um, Daisy and, and May with him. Sarge take them too, plus uh, old girl and Deke to go and try to stop the little tower that the things are creating. And because he said, you know, those things are gonna reach down to the core of Earth and cause trouble. You got to go ahead and kill them right now. And so they're on their mission to go that way. And Deke is trying to um, fix something that Sarge gave him. Because he said if it doesn't work, then they're all going to die. And also, <laughs> uh, damn, Daisy gets on there and says she's just a hacker. That's all she can do. She doesn't do anything. And Sarge saw right through that shit real quick. So he pulled out this little sword talking about, you know, he's going to kill her with this sword. And like tease like he gonna hit Daisy with it and she just quaked that bitch away he's like yeah there we go I knew you had a little more in you so you know he's basically getting started on what they're gonna do but after they you know much ado they figure out that the truck is a battering ram slash bomb and they have these little and part of their plan was to get these these like rocks that they can teleport with so what they're gonna do is they're gonna load the truck up with fucking bombs teleport the fuck out and then um go back to the scene and kill the goddamn woman that is the leader of the little bird shits now she's coming to earth looking for the monolith that's why she's coming and again shit's fucking crazy because these monoliths are coming back in and play again and here she comes they you know they made an outfit and also on the ship she's making all these taking all these dudes and putting these little those little bird things in there and um, taking up Isaiah. Isaiah taking up the crew. And they're coming, you know, they're coming in hot. 
And now she got all these dudes. And she's already told him that there's one guy that's trying to stop her. And, you know, we started to get the story about what happened on Chronicom. She was there. Sarge was there. Sarge killed her crew. And she got away right before Sarge could get her. And now she's coming again. And he's ready to take her over. So Earth is her next stop. I don't know how the fuck they picked these planets they're going to go to. But Earth is her next stop. So the bomb is supposed to blow up everything in like a large radius. Like destroy a lot of shit. And Sarge really don't give a fuck. Because he's just like, I'm going to kill this bitch. And <laughs> Magnum always caught in the middle of trying to figure out how to work some shit. Um, it's crazy because this is a this is just a trope where you got people that are well-meaning that don't want collateral damage trying to figure out how to work through some shit, but they only got half the information. And there's people that are going to cause all that destruction got all the information, but they ain't sharing that shit. Like, Isaiah isn't telling um, Fitz and Sim and them anything about what she's coming to Earth for and what the whole deal is. And Sarge isn't telling, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. anything about what they need to do to stop these motherfuckers. And um, also, the two cats, the big dude and um, the old talkative cat, they realized, uh, yo, find out what yo-yo powers were when they were trying to get out. And she chained that nigga back up and pushed the big dude back in there, but it took her a couple times to do it. And... Um, but yes, still, Sarge is back on that plane, and the reason why they were trying to get the plane out of there because it's like the plane was gonna be in the black radius. I mean, the, the Zephyr's gonna be the black radius once they, once um that truck hits that shit. So that's where we end that seat, that episode on. We're gonna pick up on that Friday with part two of the collision course, where Deke, May, Ogre, what's that chick's name again? I keep thinking her name, um, Snowflake. Mind you, Deke is getting on with Snowflake too. <laughs> um, Deke, Snowflake, and um, May and Daisy are all caught on the goddamn battering semi and headed to the goddamn tower. And it looks like it actually going to make it there, but I think they're going to defuse the bomb before they get in. So that's that. In uh, the other movies, last Tuesday, me and my son went to watch Spider Man Far From Home. Spoilers may be in here, so if you haven't seen it, you may not want to listen to this part. I'll try my best just to tell as much as I can, but you know, some of the stuff may be spoilers. So, uh, Peter is being a kid, and we're dealing with the story of Peter Parker as a kid, which is crazy because in all the renditions of Peter Parker we had in the movie, he was never a kid. Ever a kid. Never. So, you know, I think part of that is while you're watching this, you got to understand this is different. I mean, even when they rebooted Spider-Man, they treat they didn't treat him like he was a kid. I mean, I think they put him in high school. Yeah, they did put him in high school in Amazing Spider-Man. They did, but they still didn't treat him like a kid. They treated him like a young adult. So, this is Peter being an awkward kid. You know, he's still smart, which is crazy because that's pretty much the, the direction that Peter goes is going in the comic books is... Peter's super fucking intelligent. By the time he becomes an adult, you know, he runs his own company. You know, he's, he runs his own tech company. He got all this technology and everything and this, that, and the other. So, Peter's very fucking smart. It's just that he's a kid. And, um, so he, he's picking up all of this, um, picking up this as he's going. But at the same time, he's dealing with the situation of being fucking 15, well, 16 years old. You know, and then I like it's funny, man, the way they deal with the whole snap thing. I don't think, I don't know 
um, how everybody else wanted to work with that. Shit. I think they just said, "Hey, look, we this the Russo brothers are like look, this is how we're gonna tell this if any war story. Um, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna come back and five years later, we're gonna wrap that shit up. So uh, it's gonna be a big, big point for y'all, y'all doing y'all movies and stuff for uh, time frame wise. How you gonna do it? I mean, people don't care. I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, goddamn it. And that's the thing to people like, how does this fit? It don't really fucking matter. You know what I'm saying? Do you know how many different renditions of characters in these comic books that we've gotten over the years that we don't know where they are in the timeline? They just tell them a story. They rehash the same story over and over again. It don't fucking matter. It don't, get, it don't matter. It don't matter. Eventually, 20 years from now, this shit got to start over or something, you know? By the time we old and our kids have kids... So that that shit don't matter, but I like the way they did handle the the whole snap thing. They call it the blip. Um, they did a little tribute for all the people that were lost. Um, who was that? They had the little Getty image for. I forgot who it was. But they had just like the little basic Getty. Uh, that little basic. Oh, there was the candles. You know, see the little watermark, let you know that you got it offline and you didn't pay for it, but it's a proof. <laughs> so yeah, they used that. And so the thing is, everybody blipped out. So. And because of the blip, anybody that left and came back and they're still the same age, they had to start the same age over. But at the same time, anybody that was still there, you know, has moved on. So they were talking about one kid being, he was like a little nerdy, bratty kid. And now he's the hottest kid in school. And, you know, like certain person was like still that same age. And, you know, like Peter didn't been 16, had five years, they would have been out of school. You know what I'm saying? They would have been adults. But... They're still kids, and they're here to go back. And then the way people came back, you know, to show how these people came back. Like, they left, and there was a band playing in the middle of the damn school. But when they came back, <laughs> they came back. There was, like, a basketball game or a gym going on, and the ones that blipped out came back. Um, oh, the other part of the blip, too, the teacher said that he, his wife, uh, they thought she left. But really, she um uh, she just uh, they thought she died in the blip, thought she disappeared. But yet she really left, and they had a funeral for it and everything. That's pretty good. Um, but they go on a trip. They had a trip to I don't know how the science trip ended up going, taking them to Europe. But you know, fuck it, I don't. You know, you your your guess is best as mine because this is supposed to be a science trip. But yeah, they're going to fucking Italy, and they're probably going to Italy and Paris. But um, they end up doing that. Um. I guess I could deal with the big swerve. So, yeah, there are spoilers in here. Fuck it. I don't really give a shit. The big swerve. MJ hit me up and said he didn't, he caught it too. He didn't realize it the first time he saw it, but he caught it the same time. Was the fact that when introducing, um, when introducing Mysterio, introducing Beck to Peter, um, Nick Fury says he's from a different earth that's not yours. You know, as a clue to say that this is not the real Nick Fury. So that was the first clue about the goddamn swerve that I probably think that was out there. Um, second would have probably been, or the first clue probably would have been that opening, if you go back and watch the opening. Um, but I think Talos was has been there the whole time. He might have been at the fucking funeral, you know, when Tony died. Yeah, it might be as far back how long he'd been here. But Talos is a scroll from Captain Marvel. And by the end of the movie, we realized that he and another scroll have been impersonating Nick Fury and um, Mariah Hill the entire time. But it's, 
And the other thing too that kick that like tipped me off to something one right. Man, Nick Fury does a lot more cussing in this movie than he does in just about any movie. Like, listen. Uh I think he cussed in Captain Marvel when he gets attacked. I'm not Captain Marvel. And uh Captain America um Winter Soldier when he gets attacked. I want to say them motherfuckers down there push it to the brink of cussing the Avengers. And I know they down there put it to the brink of cussing in um Age of Ultron. He did a lot of cut unnecessary cussing in there. Like just casual, like now see that's some bullshit. So uh, Talos, man, picking up on that on that uh, on that lingo, man, and working it out. Uh, the big thing of being the Mysterio, man, I think that was a cool way of them handling that, man, uh, because Beck isn't necessarily a super powered um, being um, villain in and of himself. His whole power is the fact that he uses illusion to manipulate people. So, and the way he did it, it works for me. But the fact that all these people are basically coming out coming out now because Tony Stark is dead and these all are Tony's um, uh, 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 human villains that have come together to put this together is kind of crazy. But there's that. Uh, them handling the part, the outing of Peter Parker is going to be something that's going to be pretty good to do. But I think, you know, got on MJ brought that out. So how they going to handle that or what they going to do? I think it's pretty easy. Pretty fucking easy. You got the scrolls right there. Nobody knows anything about the scrolls. Nobody. Nobody knows anything about the scrolls. Only person on earth to know anything about the scrolls is um Fury, I believe. Fury and um what's her name? And her daughter. Who should be an adult now. But they're not the ones that know. Um Rambo. Monica Rambo and her mama. They're not the ones that know about the the don't know human beings that show anything about the scrolls because Everybody else that came in contact with him. Oh, well, maybe a couple people that work for S.H.I.E.L.D. But everybody else came in contact. You know what? Now I think about it. How tightly did, did S.H.I.E.L.D. keep that um, scrolls thing under wraps? Because um, S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated by Hydra. And um, when Hydra failed, uh, Natasha leaked all, them Hydra, all the Hydra stuff out. <laughs> this is just me going deep dive in Marvel Natasha leaked all the Hydra files out when when in doing um One Soldier when Hydra fell. So that was that. Now fast forward to Cap Civil War, uh Zemo decoded those files. Now here's the thing. If Zemo decoded those files to find out that Winter Soldier was those Winter Soldier operations, um how hard it was it would have been for somebody like Tony Stark to do that? Oh, he's been more pressed doing other stuff, you know, like dealing with PTS. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Because that stuff could have been decoded. I guess nobody just really gave a fuck. I mean, we have a lot of goddamn issues going on in the, on Earth that people couldn't figure it out. But there's a lot of smart people out here that are fucking uh, superheroes that could have went through them files and realized, one, about the scrolls. Two, uh, probably about the Inhumans, because I'm pretty sure somebody knows somebody about them. Man, it'd be nice when the humans come back. I want to see them come back so bad. Um, they ain't gonna come back in TV form, but they need to come back in some form. Like Marvel got to give us some stuff, man. Uh, they just gotta do us stuff. But that, that just be nerding out about the rest, about the whole universe. Spider Man in and of itself, man, dealing with Mysterio, dealing with the loss of Tony Stark, and you know, past picking up the legacy of Stark is a big thing. I think this is kind of like a, a like a, like I said, a swerve on that. 
Because I don't feel like Peter's going to pick up the mantle for Tony Stark overall. I just think that he's basically about to pick up the mantle for Marvel, if anything. Because that's pretty much what it is when it comes to Marvel Studios and their movies. is um, For Marvel, you know, it's pretty much who who we got. You know, who's going to be number one? You got... Uh, You got Spider-Man, you got X-Men, and then you got the Avengers. So, you know, I think this is pretty much the passing of the torch because we're about to realign, the, we're about to reposition this whole universe as to who is the figurehead and who do we need to keep up with and who is going to basically carry the torch for the future for Marvel Studios and their movies and what they're going to be doing. So, I think that, you know, it can't be Iron Man anymore. Iron Man is a good character. He is a he's a great um, hero. The Avengers are, were never designed to be, like, the number one franchise of Marvel. So, I think that's going to be good. You know, put on Spider-Man, put on a couple of these individual heroes to, to basically lead the cause of what, you know, what it works. And then, Avengers are whomever shows up. So, that's that. That's what they're going to work. And that's all I have for entertainment, man. Yeah, I think I went on long enough for that. I'm going to take a little break. Check a little email. Vent a little bit. And I'll be back. Now it's time for Tony Reed's Urban Literature. And this comes from the book. Crackhole Dreams by Quan Mills. Once the bath had filled to the rim, she turned the water off and carefully dipped her slender red body into the tranquil, steamy bath water, submerging herself and letting the minerals relax her muscles and her mind. As the music played, she closed her weary eyes, bobbled her head, letting the melody take her mind off her husband and onto the must energy she need she was going to need in order to move on. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be. You gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. You gotta be wiser. You gotta be hard. You gotta be tough. You gotta be stronger. You gotta be cool. You gotta be calm. You got to stay together. All I know, all I know, love will save the day. As the song continues to play, the inspiring yet seemingly melancholic words proved to be piercing as she as her shadow show and emotions. She scrunched up her face and without warning, wanting her daughters to hear, she silently wailed, further sinking herself into the water up to her mouth. All this was just truly too much 
and she honestly had no idea where her life was going to bring next. With a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an infant, she couldn't imagine how she was going to take care of them. Kurt was a breadwinner. He always made sure the family didn't go without him. As Maureen wept in silence, she couldn't help but to think of Kurt's unexpected passing was eerily similar to what she experienced when her father passed away. So many friends and relatives said they'd be there for her and her mother if they ever needed help. But when the time came to tap into that support, those same friends and relatives scattered like roaches. A few people threw her and her mom a few dollars here and there, but it wasn't enough. And that was the reason why to pretty much she had to pretty much drop out of college to go help her mother who was suffering from multiple sclerosis. Although her baby brother was there. True, everyone, friends and relatives and whatnot, said she ever needed anything, she could give them a call and they'd be there. But Maureen knew that was just a standard boilerplate response any person said when offering their condolences. Maureen just wanted to deep down inside once she was all said and done. When it was time for them to come show their support, family and friends would always leave her dry. Yeah, folks, I'm back. It's your boy Tony coming back with you one more time, man. It's just, just what we do over here. We have fun. And we get to the good stuff. So let's get to some um, topics that I may have over here. I think the first thing I was thinking about today, man, because um, so I was scrolling the the timelines as I am one to do, and I caught these little discussions because I mean it seems to be like somebody will start a discussion. People will piggyback our discussion without directly referencing the person that started the discussion. So, one, like you see these little memes all the time, and stop me if you or, or stop the podcast and think for a second if you haven't. And if you have, you just keep listening, seeing any of these memes. Like one says, "Somewhere my future husband is praying that I'm not dating anybody. Um, he should be fine because I'm not." Or and that's just none of the reason why that came to mind. It's like the last one I seen, but. There'd be tons of them. I think there was one, there was one where it was like, this is the pose of a nigga who, getting, uh, who about to have one pan for all this shit. Saw that too. The dude standing behind a woman hugging her while she's in the counter. Um, but it, it's, like a lot of, it's like a lot of random stuff going on there. Because it just, it really becomes who we can joke on or who we can, who, who we can joke on or who we can uh, uh, um, pit, throw a pity party for at this moment. Or, or who we can drag through the mud. And, it's just always be funny to me because it's just like a lot of these be one sided and motherfucker, and I just used to laugh like, oh, you know, some of it is true too. So the other day, what I called, which was interesting, because this is the reason why I don't like to go off and tell women how they should or shouldn't respond to things in life. Period. Because one, I've never been a woman, and two, I really don't know what women go through. I don't think go through, but by what they tell us. Or what I've been told, that's pretty much it. 
But the discussion what ended up happening was basically we're saying that the reason why men sleep with women that they have that they feel like are friendly or intimate with them is because men are not intimate with other men and when they see that they see that as a sign of I wanna sleep with you. And like men don't share things with each other and they don't do the things that women do with each other and women share stuff with each other all the time and they are very intimate with each other and they're way like their friendships and the other. And men don't. So they just dump all this shit off of women. And then I started thinking like, huh, it's very one-sided discussion. Now, if it came from somebody who studied it, studied like behavior patterns of individuals, I'd be like, you know what? You might be right there. But this just ended up being like a bunch of people just talking. It's a bunch of ladies talking. Again, they ain't never gonna tell them they wrong because again, I don't know what their experiences are. They probably all run into a lot of niggas that feel like they, you know. I mean, if you come off, here's the thing. If you come off as the type of person that like people can just dump their problems into, then you're going to have a lot of complaints about people dumping their problems into you. You know what I'm saying? So that's that was the one thing I felt like was biased. I'm like, maybe you have that 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 you have that vibe where people just feel like they can just say whatever. You know, but then it's like, well, men do it, and they don't have the same relationship. And I was just like, it's not the thing, like, because this is this this is just like a really like untrue statement about men and the way they relate with each other. Is like, I know men are treated as being barbaric and you know being um, insensitive to stuff, but they'll just be the loud niggas for the most part. They say shit like that, like niggas that run around towards, I don't wash my ass because it's gay. Them just loud niggas, you know what I'm saying? Like, but. There's a lot of stuff that, as a man, you really don't understand by, you only can understand it by two ways. Trial and fucking error, which, man, if we did everything about trial and error, man, we'd really be fucked up. Or shit you pick up from other dudes. The shit you pick up from other dudes are based in intimate relationships with other dudes. So then I was thinking like, well, that's fucking untrue because... Just the mere nature of the thing is we have intimate relationships with each other. Like, we don't broadcast shit. And the thing that, that caught me about it, though, is... Because me and my wife have had a discussion a lot of times. Like, when, like we have we had a guy's trip. We all went to fucking Orlando. It was five of us. And we had fucking fun time. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't fucking three days or four days of us sitting in the house just standing each other scratching our balls. Like, we actually fucking talked. And we had a good time. And dudes do this shit all the time. Well, when I came home and my wife was like, well, what did y'all do? It was like, yeah, we went out, we hang out, you know, we here, did that and the other. She's like, but you didn't get no details. What details? Ain't no details. You know what I'm saying? And then I think a lot of times that a lot of ladies miss that part. Like, guys don't share a lot of details about what they do, and some ladies do. It's just, just because we don't share details don't mean that, especially when we with other guys, don't mean that we didn't talk. Or we didn't have any kind of experience with one another. Like, no, we actually do fucking talk. But here's the thing. And I think this is this is probably more so the thing of what I've realized in just my relationships with dude and just seeing other dudes interact is. A lot of guys have such fucking type A personalities in in certain things. Not saying everybody is a, is a type A person. I'm just like type A personalities where they become standoffish. You know what I'm saying? So where I might not be a, a, a alpha male in, in all regards, I'm still not finna concede over my shit to some nigga that's just being loud. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to just 
sit here and just spend all my time with a nigga being loud and wrong all the time when I can just fucking do my own thing or I can tell this shit fuck up. Um, so you get that a lot with guys where we might be in this setting with other, other guys. And again, I'm saying this from my experience because, you know, being a male, you've been around a lot of male-centered things. Like, I'm in a frat, you know what I'm saying? I went to a church that would, when I was in church, went to a church that was run by a lot of dudes. You know, I um I played sports, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was in the military. So, you get a lot, and, and not just in the military, just male, just male center, but it's a lot of guys in the military. You know, one is in the Marines. So, we don't train with women in, in a lot of regards. So, you got a lot of males around, and you can see how motherfuckers can clash all the fucking time. But when we come back to when we come back to society, like we just leave that shit there. And I think a lot of guys can can co-sign that and say that if they think about what they, how they handle themselves in their life, that's pretty much how we do. Like we have these relationships with other males, um, in a lot of ways that are more than just this is my friend. Like we do have intimate relationships. We do talk about things that you know that, and it's another thing too. Just say that. The fact that male there's a stigma for males not having sharing things intimate with one another in the same universe where we talk about men get a pass or have a locker room talk, it's, it's a conflict of, of of discussion there because what you think locker room talk quote unquote is it's intimate talk among men that they don't share with everybody else. It's the the very common thing where men don't share things. You know what I'm saying? Like having a discussion this weekend. So I think we. One of my family, we was all hanging out at the house. So, you know, we were talking about one of my cousins, she has a little boy, he's six. So me and my brother, we were talking about something and we were just having a discussion about, you know, like little boys, you know, being sexualized really young age. And as a mother, you would never know that even if you're having discussions with your little boy, unless you make him be forthcoming with you. Now, if you're one of those type moms, then you might know some stuff that you didn't know. But generally, little boys are not going to share like when they were introduced to sex and what they know about sex and you know without they, without you sitting them down and talking and you know and then doing that to prove it like me and my brother were telling my mom or we talked to my mom about when we lost our virginity way younger than my mom thought <laughs> you know what I'm saying she's like I didn't even know you had a girlfriend back then it's like you don't have to have a girlfriend to lose your virginity so you know and then my cousin looking like wow that's crazy I'm like exactly so the thing about it is as a mom and sometimes as a, a woman you're not going to be privy to some things that males do but sometimes you are just because you are doesn't mean that you have the insight on everything that's why I don't talk on women issues because I'm not privy to that I know a lot of women in my life I don't know nothing about what women go through you know what I'm saying I really don't I can't speak on that shit I wouldn't dare do it do dudes do fucked up shit to women fucking all the time. You know, here's the thing. This is the reason why niggas know when niggas do fucked up shit to women. Because of these intimate moments where men are talking amongst one another, talking about some of the fucked up shit they done did to women. That's how we fucking know. Oh, you know. So when I say that, I'm like, look, I'm not sitting there trying to say that women deserve to get vilified for whatever. I'm not saying that men should get vilified for whatever. I'm just in here saying that, hey man, I understand where the fucking discre- discrepancies lie. You know, ain't nobody perfect in this situation. 
Now, I will say this. This I will say, because this is some shit that I can pretty much can drum up. And if anybody listens to this show, can think about this too. Um, men may not have intimate relationships. And, oh, the juxtaposition for intimate relationships were women share everything with their girlfriends. And they talk about things all the time. And men don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So men don't do what women do. Like when they have their discussions with their girlfriends and how they hang out with their girlfriends and the buns they have their girlfriends. Men don't have that. Like they have buns with their friend, but they, you know, they still take their problems to, you know, a woman. Now, here's my thing to that. I'm not going to deny that. Again, I'm not here to deny anything. Because again, if that's your experience, that's your experience. But think about this. How many times have you heard a man say he can't have any male friends because men are messy? Or how many men you know recycle their friends often because you know they have conflicts? And this is not and this this, this questioning and this saying this isn't to say that women are wrong. I'm saying in experience of life, you see. That shit more coming from women than you do from men, but yet women are given the given the the or given the baton or the trophy for having intimate relationships with their female friends, and men are being you know vilified or or, or, or looked as less than because they don't and they tend to have more intimate relationships with women at the same time. Again, I. Here's, here's, here's what I'm going back to with this. That shit is more so game than anything. And not saying game isn't all oh, these niggas good. It's weak game. Niggas want to put off. And, you know, this is not me getting ready to play a book. This ain't me doing Steve Harvey's um, Think Like a Man. It's just a nigga trying to run game. You know, for the most part. If you get to the point to where you realize as a woman, if a woman realizes that a man is just basically... Uh, um, sharing his intimate thing with now he trying to trying to sleep with her, he just basically trying to break it down. It's, it's more of that than anything. I mean, because I can have an intimate discussion with a woman and don't have to sleep with her. I get the same discussion with a man and not sleep with her. Because me, my thing about it is, I look at everybody like my family before I look at them as a sexual partner. You know, I look at them as a, I don't look at a friend because I don't. I say family because family is somebody that at the end of the day you say, well, you know, it puts you on the show, I sleep with them. No, I say I look at them as my family. Because a friend, you know, a, a woman that I have as a friend, it, you know, at a certain point in time in my life, we can be friends, still have sex, and still going about our business. That's what you want, you into. If you're not, then cool. But family, that's never been the case. You know, I'm at a stage in my life right now, like, I'm not even out here trying to entertain people for a sexual. Uh, 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 whatever, and it's kind of hard to talk that because you meet women and it's like, and and there's the other thing too. That's the other thing too. This is the other part about this shit that gets on my nerves. Like when we do this shit, we have these discussions like this. We get to go off and make this pass on men about how they fucked up and shit. But we slide over the whole thing of there's a demographic of women who co-sign this shit that makes it work. You know what I'm saying? So, there are a group of women out here. If I go out and say, look, I can be platonic friends with a woman and never have, you know, talk about whatever, 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 and never have any kind of sexual, physical, uh, um, 
on relationship with them at all. We can talk, we can hang out and go on business. And we ain't got to do it in the setting where it's just me, my wife, and, and, and all this. We can just be friends and just go about the business. And then there's a group of women like, no, no, that, that's, that's very inappropriate. Like, I can never do that. That is disrespectful to your wife. How is it disrespectful to my wife? I'm not trying to sleep with you. I'm just like, we just hanging out talking. I'm like, how is it disrespectful to my wife? And they won't, and, and they're just like, no, no, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. I'm like, the only way it's inappropriate is if you are thinking something other than what I'm thinking because the only way to do that is, but then at the same time, niggas be running game. That's the only thing. I, I talk about it like, yeah, some nigga told that nigga he tried to fuck behind it. I don't know why she don't want to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I see it say that one side that, you know, women that signed on to this, but the other side too, that, yeah, nigga done tried to run game. I know that. I already know it, it, it like the crux of everything. There's some nigga to try to get over. You know, so it, it is on that one. But it, it, this is a lot of stuff I see that. Um, but that brought me back to something else that I thought about. That was hilarious, too. Uh, so, you know, we're we, we at a time where people really, really put gender equality. I guess I'm on the gender thing right now. And I, again, I'm not one to say that men are like these perfect beings, and I'm not the one to say women are these perfect beings. Everybody's flawed, you know. Even if you are non-binary or you do not identify as a gender, you're flawed too. It is perfectly fine. It's cool. Be whatever you want to be. You're not perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like whatever you think you are, you're not superior to anybody else. You're just as flawed. You have your your fuck ups too, and. I don't see one in a higher regard than anybody's flaw. But, you know, so we're talking about gender equality and I just like, man, the crazy thing about gender equality is this, that it would fuck up a whole system that some people see as beneficial to them. And these people are both male and female. You know what I'm saying? Like the basic heterosexual uh, uh, society the you know that patriarchal system that's set up that, that creates this the inequality so to speak uh uh between um males and females like yeah man it, that tends to to, to 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 tilt that even fuck up a lot of shit and and when I get on this point because I go to the stream with it I'm sorry I'm not to the stream I'm not sitting there saying that that um that we shouldn't do it because these things don't need to happen. But no, and I'm not sitting there trying to make a joke about it, but I am making a joke about it. Well, here's the thing. So, what, the the article came out that said there was like a percentage of women, a certain percentage of women, um, only going on dates to get free food? You understand in a, in a balanced society, like, that can't even be a thing. Or it shouldn't be a thing. Because if... We're in a society where everything, responsibility, financial stability, everything is treated equally. Why should we go on a date to a one person is expected to um, shoulder the burden for the other? We're even. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when I talk about gender, when I say, man, I see gender equality, man, it's like me and Mr. Wash going out somewhere. And me and Mr. Wash meet at a restaurant to go to eat. There's no expectation for one to pay over the other. Unless it's like a business meeting and the company is paying or something. What do we meet? Hey, that's the way it works. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's like if you go out on a date, then, you know, 
No. We both on this unless unless I the date is set up in a design of where somebody trying to pursue somebody else. Then of course the pursuer should typically pay. But we in the gender equality environment, then anybody can be a pursuer, correct? So we got to tear down this norm where men chase women. Like women should be just as easily able to approach a man and say, hey, I'm interested in getting to know you. Let's go out to eat so we can talk. Nobody considered as a breadwinner. You know what I'm saying? So the desire to be a housewife, quote unquote, isn't a thing. To the desire to be a husband to go without and provide for his family isn't a thing. I'm like, you go to work. Y'all have autonomy. Y'all free to do what you want to do. Not saying that y'all not going to come together and pay these bills. Because you got to do that. Because y'all, if you got an investment together, but as far as the whole thing of a man going out to pursue a woman to make him, to bring her home as his wife, no, we even. And, you know, if nothing else says that, you know, that some people ain't, a lot of people ain't gonna say something. A lot of people in red tape down. When you talk about marriage and proposals, like there is a fucking psh, psh, man. Tell them, hey, look, you do know in gender equality environment, if you want to marry a man, then you ain't gotta wait for him to propose to you. You can propose to him because you're ready to get married. Y'all had to talk. As a matter of fact, we ain't gotta do no proposal. Y'all talk, y'all ready to get married, like y'all just do the damn thing. No, 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 no. He got to go buy me a ring. A big ring. And get down on one knee. But I'm wrong. <laughs> hey, I think all this shit is funny. You know what I'm saying? I think all this shit is corny. I think all this shit is whack. So when you hear me saying that, I'm not sitting there saying that, oh man, women just want men to do this. No, I think all the shit is corny. All of it. All of it. Yes, I'm saying this is a married man who, you know, who has done, you know, has been down the path he's been. One, I ain't had no proposal my wife now. She want me to go do that for aesthetic reasons, to go get down on a knee and get a ring. I'll do it. Still don't mean I don't think it's corny. We talked about it. We talked about it before. I said, do I need, is this something I need to do to make you happy? Because I'll do it. And I didn't say like more like damn will you marry me? I know. I'm like serious discussion. Like, is this something I need to do for you? We had a discussion. She said no. Cool. And I didn't say it sarcastically, you know, whatever. And we still talk about it to the day. Like, do I still need to do this? Like, I mean, I know I never did it now. You know. Be one hundred with me. We didn't have a wedding ceremony. We didn't invite friends. We didn't we went to the Justice of the Peace. And again, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody for doing that shit. That's just what we did. That's just what we do it. We talked about it. Now, some people might feel some type of way, but at the end of the day, the only person I really care about in this situation, how they feel, is my wife. Like, my wife said, look, I'm not happy with the way we got married. I want to do it again. Okay, fine. Let's make it happen. But see, his thing. We got to make this happen. Ain't no. And that's the thing. I told her from the beginning, yeah, this is us. We got to do what we got to do to make this happen. I ain't depending on nobody else. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, marriage is about everybody. Not really. Not really. I mean, because when you sitting at home and y'all having y'all little combat, y'all you know, little combat battles, y'all little mini battles with one another, ain't nobody else invited to this shit. But that's that. You know what I'm saying? That's that. 
Oh, <laughs> World Cup fans were cheating. Fuck Trump. <laughs> After um, the USA won, the women USA won work up, so that was pretty good. And they also decided that uh, that they were going to visit Congress instead of going to fucking White House. Hey, and Kevin was it? Kevin, is it Kevin Sobo talking about the Raptors didn't want to go to the White House? I was like, man, this is why I wanted to run through the wind. I like, I knew somebody was gonna do it. And not doing it jokingly. Like, it'd be fun. You know, some people do it jokingly. Ha ha, the Raptors not going through the White House. Ha ha. Yeah, because I knew if somebody did it jokingly, somebody should take it seriously. <laughs> and they get up and on. These motherfuckers, man, they don't give up. Man, these motherfuckers don't care. They just want people to do what they want them to do. They just want people to bow down to their will. Now, mind you, let's go back to the discussion I just had a few minutes ago. I don't see nobody else as being superior to anybody else. So at the same time, man, do what the fuck make you have it. If you don't go to the White House, fine. Hey, people don't want to go to the White House with no bomb with that. Cool. Motherfucker mad. Oh, they ain't want to go because it's a black president. You know what? Fine. Don't let, they don't got to go. That's cool. He sent out the invitation. People didn't go. Here's the thing that Barack Obama never did when he was in the White House, to our knowledge. He never came out and publicly made a statement about people not coming to the White House. He never did. It was just like, hey, it's the choice. They want to come, they gotta come. You know, it's about making them come. I'm not King Obama. You know, I'm not gonna roll through nobody's hood and cut nobody's head off. <laughs> but Donald Trump makes it a makes it a point. It's like, oh, these people don't want to come to White House. And then he done did it enough. Now these assholes that follow him told you know told his up when the Raptors win the final, they gonna say the same shit. Like, oh, y'all motherfuckers stupid. Oh, man. Uh, it's time, man. Politics picking up. Oh, so we talk about politics. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned some, some political figures. Numero uno, State of Mississippi, man. If y'all listen, if you didn't live State of Mississippi, man, um, and, and you tired of this shit, man, listen to some of these names I'm about to say. Hey, if you see them on your ballot, man, do not pick these motherfuckers. Tate Reeves, running for governor. Nobody gives a fuck about that tag. <laughs> you ain't running for the motherfucking king to fight the liberals. Oh, the liberals in D.C. We got to protect our state against the liberals. Man, ain't nobody coming here to take shit. Matter of fact, ain't nobody coming here at all. Because of y'all stupid motherfuckers and y'all goddamn views on shit. Nobody don't want to come here. And am I saying Mississippi better than anybody? Is worse than anybody else? No. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you have the when you have the fucking uh, 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 image of being the funky ass house on the block, you can't just be standing out there like, man, fuck y'all. I don't want to clean my house. <laughs> like I'm just make sure none of you motherfuckers come in my. Don't nobody want to come in your goddamn funky ass house, nigga. Clean your shit up. You got that goddamn motherfucker. The beaches in Mississippi closed because and because there's fucking slime, which is crazy because the the fucking slime is coming off the Mississippi River, right? The Mississippi River empties in Louisiana, south of Mississippi, but the shit is washing back up on the shores of Mississippi. That all the beaches in Mississippi are closed right now. Now, yes, it is still in Alabama, but all the beaches in Mississippi are closed right now. And Florida don't have to deal with that because Florida's far enough away that it would take a while for it to get there. Not saying it would never happen. But you by the end of the fucking toxins will probably be done died and dispersed a little bit. Either way, you can't get in the water in Mississippi beaches and they told they losing money because I like, yeah, good. 
good. You're only making money because you're that close you're between Mobile and New Orleans. And you got a fucking beach. That's all the only people coming. And I'm not saying the people live on the coast ain't shit. I'm just sitting there saying that the reason why the coast feel like it's different from the rest of the state is because of that. But no. If you was in there, if, if you take that away, you the rest of Mississippi, nigga. You the rest of Mississippi. It's just like where I live at. If you take Memphis away, this is the rest of Mississippi. It's just the rest of Mississippi. Sippy. Goddamn. Motherfuckers. Goddamn it. I can't stand this motherfucker. Oh, uh, what's the dude's name? What's his name? Jeff. I think his name was Jeff Tate. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jeff Tate. I think he's running for a state representative or some shit. Listen. I know I said before. Nobody gives a fuck if you got a family. I don't want to see your little fucking nappy head ass kids and shit. And people might say, damn, that's that's real. This man, I'm telling you, I I'm gonna get so tired of these politicians putting up their goddamn fucking flyer, putting up their pictures of their whole fucking family. And the crazy thing about it is, a black politician can't do that unless they're in a black community, dog. Like, if you black and running for shit, you can't even fucking put your picture on that motherfucker, bruh. You can't. Because the minute motherfuckers see you black, you know they ain't voting for you. But as a white motherfucker in Mississippi, you gotta put you, your, your fucking oxygen tank carrying grandma, your fucking aunt, your goddamn... You got them dog, the motherfucking plantation house you fucking living in, the goddamn tractor that you don't even fucking drive, some black dude named Ricky comes over to run every goddamn week. You can put all these motherfuckers on there, on the flyer, except for the black person, can't put Ricky on that motherfucker. You put all these motherfuckers on the flyer and will get you fucking office. Because white people in Mississippi love that shit. But you ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing them a vote for and passing a bunch of laws that ain't doing shit in Mississippi. Doing nothing. Mississippi making news for making backward-ass laws. Not for doing anything good. Meanwhile, Percy Lynch, old racist-ass, woke up this morning and went to be a judge in Mississippi. Meanwhile, he's a racist motherfucker and runs on the polls. In Mississippi. Mississippi, dog. Every day. That's why I don't feel bad about some shit to have motherfuckers in this song, in this song bitch, dog. I mean, it be fucked up and I know shit is wrong, man. But I don't be feeling bad, man. Because these motherfuckers don't read the system, man. And this is a, it's the fact of the matter, dog. Sometimes, man, I just take the wins however you can get the motherfuckers, dog. <laughs> and I'm not even going to talk about some of the evil and vile shit that I looked at like, oh, mm. see, that was to get fucking niggas. I'm not even going to talk about that shit because I'm not sitting here saying that uh, motherfuckers right or wrong and shit. It's just... Oh, god damn, man. These, these motherfuckers keep running for office, blocking everything out, man. Keeping everything for everybody, man. Can't nobody get shit around this motherfucker. Ain't nobody come up. Ain't nobody gonna come up. All because the same time, man, if we don't let the motherfucker tie rise, we can definitely keep the motherfucker to down low, down low. Um, so there's that, man. That's that pretty much it, man. So, and I, it was a more that I saw because, like I said, it is it's primary season is next month, and then the election is in November. So, um, you know, we gotta get out, get through our primaries. I don't, I don't even know who running. First off, I don't, I don't claim any party. I just know in Mississippi that you definitely don't want to vote Republican if you won't have anything in Mississippi because. Them motherfuckers. Like, 
like I said, Mississippi ain't no more racist than anybody else. They just fucking, they just more, they don't give a fuck about it. Like, if Donald Trump say say some stupid ass shit, then Mississippi going to double down on that motherfucker. And not only double down on that motherfucker, they want to be the standard bearer for that son of a bitch. And that's the thing I don't, I can't stand about certain white people, man, when it comes to being oppressive towards folks is you got one asshole that's gonna say like some stupid oppressive shit about people and you got other assholes like no 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 not only that do they say add this on top of it you know what I'm saying you know like not only am I running to fucking be a Republican I'm also gonna make sure we keeping God we trust in everything uh matter of fact we need to put prayer back in school Man, I think Mississippi tried that shit a couple years ago. And I, we talked about that, man. If you put prayer back in school, you got to let everybody pray. You don't want that. I was in school and I had a cousin who was a Jehovah's Witness. And I remember like the fucking heat that he took because he was practicing his religion at school when everybody else was practicing theirs. They didn't like it. Now, at, the, at that time, I didn't understand. I ain't know no better. I was in fucking third grade, but I ain't know no fucking better, dog. So, yeah, man. I think it went on long enough, man. I've been out for a while. There's a lot of shit on my mind. Been just raining on some things, though. But, you know, hey, it's summertime. And, um, yeah, getting in the pool does not count as taking a bath, white people. You got to get your ass in the shower. You got to fucking wash your body with a washcloth, your body. Like, I think, man, we learned a lot of stuff about white people and cleanliness in these last few months, man. First, they washed their legs, you know. They said they didn't wash their legs. Um, what was the other thing they said they didn't do? And it was another thing they said they didn't do um, as far as shower. Now they say in the pools. Get in the pool and running through the sprinkler outside, kind of taking a shower. Nigga, let me see something. As a person who's actually had to shower on the water spigot, they ain't say. <laughs> As somebody who lived without water, like who had to go a couple days without water, pour the water on your body ain't the same. It ain't even the same type of cleanliness, dog. Your body still feels sticky. These niggas ain't taking a shower. <laughs> These niggas ain't watching. This is the Off the Grid Podcast, y'all. Wash your ass. Scrub that motherfucker. I'm out. Peace. This has been a Dr. Mason presentation.